Yes, I'm going to preach after that tear-jerking song. <laughs> I'm going to try to preach. Um, I worked on this message till 2.45 today and had to leave my house at 3. I didn't even wash my hair. This was pole hair from yesterday. And um, was working on slides, wrestling this message, and then on the way, the Lord said, we're not going to do that. I said, okay, then you're going to have to give me what you want me to say. And he just has encouraged me to speak from my heart tonight. And so there are 30 slides that I will not be using and four pages. But I took some time in the car, a few minutes, and I think I wrote some things down. I may not even use those. I don't know. But just some admin notes. Paige will use the first slide and probably the last three slides and those two passages of scripture we briefly talked about. Thank you. Thank you, Paige, for all of your hard work downloading 30 slides that we'll never use. <laughs> no, we will use them, just not tonight. We will use them. He is here. And, you know, I really wanted this message to be for everyone, and I believe that it still can be. You know, Mother's Day weekend was last weekend, but our son was graduating college, and so last weekend was graduation weekend for us. <laughs> and so this weekend, we are celebrating Mother's Day, and so happy Church of God Sarasota Mother's Day. Yeah? And um, we've been saying happy Mother's Day to each other this morning, and it's been fun. Um, but, you know, I know that the Lord has a message for moms tonight, and that's Okay. But I know there's going to be some things in here that is practical for everyone. This is going to be pretty practical because I don't have scripture references for you that we can throw on a screen. Some stories, if you will, of my days as a mom, continuing and ongoing. But also I think some things that you can apply to your life. And I just want to start by saying this. I'm probably going to bulk at this whole message. It's okay. I just really, really, really love the Lord. And I don't know how I could have done any of it. Breathing to start. Parenting. Mothering. Single mother for a season. A mother for the last how many ever years. And now an adult a mother to adult children, and all of the transitions, and all of the changes. And I just really love God. And I just want to encourage women, sell out to God. Don't sell out to the world. Don't sell out to trends, popular beliefs, ideals. Don't sell out to anything else but God. Amen. You will never regret it. And your children will respect you for it. You won't always agree with your children. Your children won't always agree with you. And they'll think you're out of touch, out of date. Praise the Lord. They'll realize one day what a gift it was to have a mother that really, really, really loved God. Really loved God. And really loves God. And is still growing in her relationship with God. And if that's been an area of difficulty for you because you feel like there's things between you and God, I promise you that's on your end. He's not holding anything against you. 
He's inviting you into love relationship with him. Amen. Constantly inviting you into a love relationship with him. He's not measuring you with some heavenly yardstick. He's saying, come on, I love you. And so the other thing I know he wants me to say tonight is that God loves you so much. Right where you are. And his love might beckon you further. Probably will. It's beckoning me further. But right where you are right now, he loves you so much. And I know that sometimes we try to prove that we're good enough or try to measure or try to perform or we try to strive or earn things in life. And sometimes those things is God's love. We feel like we need to measure up and clean up and line up and strive for his love. But while we were still sinners, Christ died for us because of his love. He loves you so much, right where you are. And he's drawing you to himself. Trust the draw and run to him. Boldly approach him. He has been there all along. You're not hiding anything from him. He knows it all and he's still saying, be my child. You're my girl, let's be one. He loves you so much. He wants to cleanse you. I can remember the night that I gave my heart to the Lord for what I would say was probably the true first time. I'm not saying that when I was seven or eight or nine that I didn't really love God and accept him into my heart. I'm just saying for the first time that I really, really understood what I was doing and I had been in a deep rebellious season when I gave my heart over to the Lord truly truly probably for the first time as an understanding adult and I made that step into faith with God I remember feeling truly like I was different and that is going to sound so weird to some of you that haven't made that step but I promise you if you will step in and not toes but if you will like me cannonball into faith with God you can't help but get soaking wet head to toe. And I'm telling you, you will feel him within your bones. Amen. It tells us that when we become a new creation in Christ, that we truly are new. The old is gone, the new has come. And I can't tell you anything but this. It really, really changed me. The second before... I had done all those things and I felt them. The second after, I had done all those things and I didn't. Now, as time went on, the devil loved reminding me. The enemy of my soul loved reminding me of those things that I felt like I had forgotten and been cleansed of and tried to tell me, nope, you're still dirty. Nope. Not true. Didn't happen. But you know what I did? I reminded him, yep, yep, I did. Yep, yes, he did. Come on, church. I can talk back to the devil. I may have gotten popped in the mouth at 14 by my mama for talking back, 
but I got really good at it at 14, okay? And I learned how to talk back. And some of you guys have a lot of sass, but you're putting it in the wrong place. It's time to talk back to the devil and say, actually, no, I was cleansed and made whole by the blood of the Lamb. And you're not welcome here. And when I see that blemish that he's tried to place back on me, you know what I do? I go get that holy soap and I rinse it back off and say, Jesus, you made me clean. He really did cleanse me from all unrighteousness. And I want to stay there. It takes work, but I want to stay there. He makes us new. He leads us. He holds us. He sustains us and he will bring us home. More on that later. I've got tears, I can barely read. Um, so, as mom, when I found out I was pregnant with Daniel, I was in a season of deep rebellion and I was in a difficult marriage. And my lifestyle had been terrible for so long. And, I made some poor decisions, and some poor decisions were made with me from about junior high to high school and into college and beyond. And so when I found out I was pregnant with my first son, I was not a believer, and I was really believing a lot of lies about myself. And I came to know the Lord while I was pregnant with my first son, and I'm very thankful for that interaction with the Holy Spirit to Jesus and to the throne of God in that day. But after that day, I'm not telling my testimony tonight, after that day, I really wanted to know if all these things that people were saying about me, that these lies that I had believed for so long in my head and in my heart about me were true. And some of you have heard me say this, and so I had to go to the truth, to the handbook of the Creator. I am His creation. If you have a car, Let's say it's a Jeep. There's a handbook to help you with that Jeep. We have a creator, and I am his creation. And there's a handbook that helps us from our creator. And I needed to go to him, and I needed to find in his word what was true. And back then, I didn't have a Google. And I didn't have online commentaries. I didn't have access to all these truths, if you will. But I began to ask some people, and I had a Bible that had some index in the back, and I started to look up some topics. Is it true that I'm a lost cause? That's what I've been told. Is it true that I'm stupid? Is it true? And you know, as I researched the Creator's Handbook, I found out that it wasn't true. Mom, Dad, people, church, where are you getting your information about who you are? Are you getting it from the circles that you're living in? Are you getting it from the people that are around you, maybe the toxic people? Are you getting it from just the inside of your head? Please. Run to the handbook of the Creator. The truth of who you are. A few things I learned about myself that I'm not a lost cause, that He has a plan for my life. 
that I'm not stupid, I have a sad mind, and that I've never been unloved. I've been loved with an everlasting love. I had to know the truth about me before I could place it on my children. Do you understand that? I had to know the truth about me before I could place it on others, truly, and believe it. Now, some of us are good at complimenting others and believing lies about ourselves. But you learn the truth about that person. Look deep within who the creator is and what he says about you. Because you were created in his image just like they were. Look deep. Know the truth about you. You know, a lot of you in this room have experienced church hurt. And we've talked about that, some of us personally. We've talked about church hurt and how it's been an issue for many of you. Some of you from former churches, some of you from childhood. But I knew this for sure. I experienced church hurt too. I was a preacher's kid. You want to talk about church hurt? But I knew I had to raise my children in the church. Yeah, I was taking the chance of the church hurting them too. But I also was taking the chance of them learning way more about God than I could tell them. And learning how to be in authentic relationship with God's people. And I was opening them up to pain. I understand it because humans fill the church. But it's God that we praise. And so I knew I had to raise my children in church, even when I did it alone. I took them to church by myself all the way up until I married Eric. We got married and they were uh, almost four and six. And I took them to church by myself pretty much the whole time. But I had to do it. Listen, single mom, single dad, married mom, married dad with children, the spouse doesn't want to come. You can do it alone. I don't want you to have to, but you can. You can raise them in the church, even if you have to do it alone. And never stop praying for your spouse. But you can do it alone. And yes, you open them up to some potential hurt because humans fill the church. But you also open them up to hearing and learning about God. Maybe more than you could ever teach them. Amen. I had to follow my calling. There were times that after Eric and I got married, um, we were taking a pastorate in a different church, in a different town, in a different state. And we had been married for about five years and life was pretty good at that church and in that town and the boys were settled and, and secure and they had a rhythm that was working and it seemed like everything was going well and the Lord was calling us to a different state, to a different town. And Dallas, who was probably the most insecure child when he was born, who had deep separation anxiety with me, and if he was away from me, he was basically screaming, crying, or growling at people. Another story for another time. We learned, he learned to growl from our dog. And so when people would get close to him, he would growl at them because he didn't want them taking him from me. And so he would growl so they wouldn't touch him. But anyway, he was the most insecure as a child, and he was very secure, and he was doing very well. And the night that we told our children 
that we were moving. Dallas fell out of his chair and said, nope, I'm not going with you. And he cried and he screamed and he was not going with us. And you know, it can be really hard when your children are looking at you asking you to change your mind about a decision that you're making. But trust me, when there is a deep nudge in you of something you know is right to do, even when your child's security seems to be the crucible, you gotta do it. You'll never regret going with God. It might take them some time. And you might have to take a lot of trips to McDonald's to talk it through. And we did. But even that was worth it. Because going with God, following your calling, knowing who he is, what he is saying to you, and doing what he has asked will always be worth it. Follow your calling. You will never regret it. I made mistakes. I remember one day yelling at my son, one of my sons, not you, the other one. I've yelled at you too, but yelling at my own son so loud. My stress had gotten so high. And I took it out on him. And I yelled at him so loud. And I felt so bad. And I had to ask him to forgive me later. It happens. 
but it's not an option in our home. They've made those mistakes and I have forgiven them too. But if I was going to lead them, if I was going to let God lead me, and I was going to lead them, then they couldn't disrespect me. Because if they disrespected me, then later in their life, they would think it's okay to disrespect God. I think disobedience at a young age, allowing disobedience at a young age, habitual disobedience at a young age, will set in stone some things that even manifest themselves as adults. Be careful. Be careful. Rebellion seems simple at the moment, but it can grow deep roots. Disrespect was not an option, and it still isn't. I'm sorry, honey, you're 22, but I still look at you with those eyes. I'm like, hmm. <laughs> it's sweet. Uh, just before I came tonight, actually, um, I ran into his room trying to ask him what he was going to wear to church, and I was just barging in his room, you know, and he was on the phone and I didn't recognize it, and I'm just gonna tell him. And he was on the phone and he was like, and I was like, I said, see at church, don't be late. And so we got here and I got the sweetest text from him. I'm not gonna say the whole thing, but it was sweet. He said, sorry if I was rude. I was on the phone with so and so and I didn't want to upset them. And I recognized that my tone was rude. Now, it hasn't always gone that way for us. <laughs> but I believe that when I have recognized my fault, and I can be honest about that with him, that it gives him permission to recognize his. And even if I don't, I just pray that, you know, the character of Christ will continue to grow in you, Dallas. Here's one of the scriptures, Daniel, Daniel's passage, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. I gave this to Daniel as a young child. Trust the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your path straight. This became very clear to me that this was Daniel's passage. And I've spoken this over him. He's 24 for 24 years. And I wanted Daniel to trust in the Lord with all his heart. And he does. He's human, but he trusts the Lord, and he's learning how to do that with all of his heart, I believe. But what's interesting is there came a point when Daniel became an adult that now I had to trust the Lord with Daniel, with all of my heart, and lean not on my own understanding, but in all his ways, that I can trust him, that I can submit to the Lord, that he will have Daniel, that he will speak to Daniel, and that he's got Daniel. And that I can release Daniel as an adult child to the Lord. You see how that turns? That I can trust the Lord with Daniel. I gave Dallas this passage, Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. And you had no idea when you fell off the dining table saying you're not going with us. That there was good for you, honey. It was good for you. But as Dallas has aged and he has given his life to the Lord and let the Lord invade his spaces and his friendships. And he's had to change lunch tables and he's had to 
lot of adjustments that I knew that I could trust the plan of God for Dallas. Even when Dallas baby wasn't seeking God's plan all the time, that I could trust God's plan for Dallas. And that God's plan, while it might be hard for Dallas to surrender to at different times, that it would prosper Dallas and it would not harm him in the long run. Amen. But the character that was being built as he had to keep giving up things and friends and different things, I believe would build for Dallas a hope and a future that we're going to watch unfold, all of us. But I believe that as I have run to my children when they have fallen, and as I run to their aid when they needed help, and when I run to them as they knelt the knee to invite God into their heart, as I run to them and as I run to them to help and nurture and raise and all of that that we do as mothers, I believe the most important run I've made is to God. Sometimes when you kneel beside your children, you don't know what to do. You don't know how to fix it this time. You don't know what to say. The most important run I've taken is to God. And I want to be honest with you. I've had to do that over and over and over and over and over. But when I get to heaven, I've created a little bit of a pattern, and I'm gonna run to Jesus. I'm gonna run to him. And I can't wait to wrap my arms around Jesus and say, you kept your word. Your blood really did make me new. You saved me. You kept me. You protected me. You redeemed me. You gave me what I needed when I needed it. There really was honey in the rock. There really is water in the stove. In every season, you helped me love them well. And in each season, what they need is different. Because they're growing. They're aging. And so their needs change. But when I see Jesus, he, I can tell him, you saved me. You've helped me. You really did make me new. Yes. And I think by the time I reach heaven, I will have gone through different seasons of my own life. And I think I'm going to be able to say, you helped me make it through. When life changed and my body failed, which it was failing not too long ago, but praise the Lord, I think now we're looking a far way off before that happens again, right? And when I'm older, my strength looks different. His strength remains the same. His power is made perfect in my weakness. And I can look Jesus in the eye and say, and it's you that brought me home. Thank you. Mom, there's no greater goal 
than looking face to face with Jesus at the end of your life. Some of you are those people that have all the goals and you have a, a green board or a white board and it's written out for the week and I just want to say kudos to you. You know what you're cooking, you know what they're wearing this week, you know everything. But listen to me, at the top of that board, put greatest goal, seeing Jesus face to face at the end of my day, at the end of my year, and at the end of my life. It keeps everything in perspective. And when you miss it, be humble enough to admit it and forgive yourself. His mercies are new every morning. Worship team can come up. When Daniel was about two and a half, Dallas was born. And we can put this back there. My sister was keeping Dallas for a couple of days while I was in the hospital. I mean, Daniel. She was keeping Daniel for us for, for a couple of days while we were in the hospital. And Daniel was about two and a half, like I said, and Mandy's car that she had had a pull-down visor with a mirror, you know, in it, in the passenger side. And they were kind of just sitting in the driveway, and Daniel was just sitting in the seat. The car wasn't on. They weren't going anywhere. They were just killing time before they came to the hospital. And Mandy pulled down the visor and opened that mirror. And Daniel said, I cheat myself. I see myself, but he said, cheat. I cheat myself. And she was like, yes, that's you. And I've never forgotten that statement because I think it's so adorable, A. But B, I want to say this. I thought, I want Jesus to say that to me when he looks at me. And listen, if he's your Lord and he's your Savior, Father God is looking down going, I cheat my job. I cheat my job. I see myself. Mom, Dad, church, friends, boldly approach the throne of grace. There's no condemnation, just invitation. Boldly approach the throne of grace. Let him cleanse you and make you new. And you will hear this little voice. I see myself. Every yes God gives you and every no he gives you for your children for yourself every not yet is worth the wait and it might be a battle in your home it might be a battle in your head it might be a battle in your 
But if you will cling tightly to the one who fights for you, things will make sense in due time. And I can't think of better words on earth than I see myself. And I can't think of better words in heaven than at a girl. Well done, Mom. Well done, wife. Well done, Marcia. Mom, you are a person first. And in Jude 1, we are told to keep ourselves in the love of Christ. Mom, keep yourself centered. Your children do not come before your faith. Your husband does not come before your faith. Keep yourself centered in Christ. And he will see himself in you. And guess what? They will too. This incredible song we're about to sing. At any time, if you feel the Lord speaking to you, just come down and kneel. A pastor will meet you down here. But I know this. When we get to heaven, the celebration that will ensue when we see Jesus and we're able to say, you were a man of your word. You saved me. You saw me. And you made it all worth it. Keep your eyes on Jesus. You'll never regret it. If you'd like to light a candle, it's representation. He's the light of the world. Do you need the light of the world in your life? In a situation? Light a candle. You want to pray with the pastor? Come on down. We're ready. Either way, it's time to boldly approach the throne. Let's pray. God, I pray that I was an obedient servant of yours. You ask us to do hard things, like put our notes aside and go with you. I can't think of a greater honor than to just go with you. And sometimes as we live and parent, we think there's this natural rhythm to it. And sometimes you ask us to put that nature aside and go with you. God, may we count it an honor to go with you. We love you, God. We commit our lives, our marriages, our families, and the generations to come. We commit them to you, God. We see what the enemy tries to do, trip us up at different generations so that the bloodline of faith is stopped. But the bloodline of faith flows from the throne of God, and it can't be stopped. So God, keep bringing us back to center. Keep bringing us back to center. Keep bringing us back to center, like I said, over and over and over, so that we can stay in line with you. We don't need to stay in line with the trends. We don't need to stay in line with the world. We don't need to stay in line with fill in the blank. God, help us to be people that stay in line with you. And may the bloodline of faith flow through me to my children and their children and their children's children and so on. We celebrate you and all that you are. And we just want to see your face. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.